not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have an equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for our sister Janita. We will ask you to be with her as she shares your thoughts her th- with us. Help us to have ears to hear and hearts to take in what you want us to learn this day. Help us to take this word with us throughout the week. Help us to grow in your name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hello? Yes. (laughs) I like the handheld, but (laughs) feel more free. So I, before I start, I also want to say something to the fathers. I want to say happy Father's Day to all of the fathers and the spiritual fathers in this room. A father is a very important part of the unit, the family unit. He is the protector. He's the provider. He's the covering for their family. And our household has an amazing father. Um, <laughs> so I just want to honor Jason today for being such a great father to Serena Ethan and Emre, and I want to honor every other father in the room for their significant roles in all of their families and in the body of Christ. And there's so many that don't have fathers or they have broken relationships with their fathers, but praise God, we have the most amazing father in heaven, and he takes care of us, and he gives the fatherly anointing to many of uh, you men in the room. And so I just want to honor you as you use your giftings to pour out on others. And uh, I just want to mention that this past Wednesday, we had to say goodbye to our firstborn daughter. She left for Canada, and um, <laughs> it was hard, but we're excited for her. A little scaring, but exciting for um, her future. And so I just pray for us and pray for her as we learn to be apart from each other. She, Her first message from, to us said, um, I'm already missing everything about Turkey, and I'm already experiencing culture shock. So (laughs) just pray for her. 
So today I'm going to share with you about the unity and diversity of the body of Christ. And the Lord has been teaching me a lot about the body of Christ over the past 10 years. I used to be a very independent person, and I still am a lot of the time. <laughs> but God has been showing me how important it is to not to try to do everything by myself. And it's important to do things together as a body. I will start by giving you a good example of my independent nature. Um, we've moved many times in our lives, and I'm the type of person who likes to unpack every single thing before I go to bed, and I like to hang all of my pictures and my curtains on the wall <laughs> before I go to sleep. And so this particular time, I was... Um, <laughs> saying, Jason, we need to hang the curtains, and we put rods on the wall. And so Jason said, I'm done, I've had enough, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I was not happy with that answer, and so I said, well, I'll do it myself. So I, we didn't have an electric screwdriver at the time, we still don't, but I got a chair, pulled it over to the window, and got on it, trying to screw this... I couldn't even reach because I'm too short. So I like, thought, okay, I need to get this done. How am I going to do it? And I got a stool, and I put it on top of the chair. As you can imagine, that didn't end very well. And the stool slipped out from underneath me. I fell, knocked my head, and knocked myself out cold. <laughs> so... This is just a good example of why we need to work together with one another, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you look in the mirror and you see your body, you don't think that you're looking at many different people, do you? You see one person, and as you look closer, you realize that although you're one person, you have many different parts. You don't think of your parts as being separate to you. Each part makes you you. So that is the body of Christ. Unfortunately, we tend to think the opposite when we look at one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We often think that we're separate from one another, and we live our lives as individuals, but we are all connected to one another. We are one body. Our foot does not look like our eye, and our hand does not look like our ear. So as the body of Christ, we all look completely different than one another, and we don't have the same functions and gifts as each other. We're so different, but we're all still part of this one body. Um, we have different functions, but we also need to learn to work together so that we can do so much more for the kingdom of God. So I just want to tell you some important things to remember. No matter how significant you may think that you are, it's only because of what you're a part of. And no part is more important on its own. Every part is dependent on every other part. Your body is an amazing creation that is highly intricate. It's composed of many parts, but it's one individual. So how is it that we are a body as believers? It's because the Spirit makes you part of the body of Christ. So we give our lives to Christ when we do that. Holy Spirit dwells in us, and we become the bride of Christ. He has one body. Verse 13 says, 
whether you are Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. So that means that any divisions from our various origins and backgrounds have been removed because we are part of this body of Christ through the Spirit of God. And both Jews and Greeks took pride in their identity at the time. Each thought their own group was more superior than the other one. And those who were free would think of themselves as more superior to the slaves. And yes, they were superior to the slaves in human measures. But these are categories in which people at that time would place and tend to separate themselves. Even in Galatians 3.28, Paul adds the categories male nor female. So once we're in Christ, those divisions disappear, and we're equal before God. In the church, there are no ethnic, cultural, or social distinctions that divide people. God loves us all equally. In God's value system, there are only people and not categories. So at the time when Paul was writing to the Corinthians, some of the uh, Corinthian Christians believed that their use of their particular gift in the church meetings were more important than the, the use of some other people's gifts. And the human body with its many parts helps us to show us that each of our parts is necessary and we need to protect the church's unity despite its diverse spiritual giftings. So now Paul starts to shift his emphasis to the, to the variety of its members and the importance of the members to each other. It's important for the church to be united. If it is important for the church to be united, then it's important for us to recognize the value of our diversity. Many problems in the Corinthian church had been caused by the failure of its members to understand the value of their di diversity. 1 Corinthians 4, 6 says, Some members have been puffed up, lording it over other members, believing that they enjoyed the greater gifts. They treated their gifts as, as though they were personal accomplishments. However, their gifts were that, just that. They're just gifts, not something that they had earned. They were also failing to acknowledge the value of other people's gifts. And even though they were dependent on each other, they needed each other. And those who thought themselves to be less gifted were envious of those who seemed to be more gifted. Verse 14 says, Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So just as the body has many parts, so the church body is as diverse in our giftings and functions. Verses 15 and 16 says, If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would, for not that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. The idea of a body part being self-sufficient is and uh, dissociation, I can't even say the word, disassociated um, from the body is strange and even gross. Um, my daughter, Serena, really dislikes mannequins, and we see them all over here in Turkey. <laughs> and she finds it especially awful when she sees, like, an arm laying there or a leg or a head. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it. This is a picture that I got in my mind when I was thinking about the body trying to operate independently from each other. 
Sometimes people compare themselves to one another and think, well, I can't preach or lead worship, so I have nothing to offer. But, and they can be tempted to withdraw and think that, that no one needs them. But Paul lifts them up, and he emphasizes the value of their gifts. However small they may appear to be on the surface, Paul uses the series of simple illustrations to make the Corinthian Christians aware of just how foolish their, their thinking is. Some of them might have been people who work primarily with their hands, but they wouldn't want to lose their feet. And some would primarily be dependent on their feet, but they wouldn't want to lose their hands. So that's exactly what Paul means when he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? Paul uses humor to just mock those who prize their important gift. He pictures a person who's just an, uh, just an eye, and it's just like a cartoonish character. How could such a person hear? For that matter, how could they um, move from place to place or eat? or earn a living. An eye standing by itself would be helpless and pitiful. We each have different giftings, and they all look different, but they're all very valuable. Paul's saying that the various members um, with their or- in the organs and the body depend on one another. They have different God-assigned tasks within one single body. We need to be careful not to elevate the importance of one over another. I love how verse 18 says, In fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And verse 19 says, If they were all one part, where would the body be? We can only be the body of Christ through our diversity and our unity. And then verse 22, Paul says, We can't say to one another, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. Those in the church who are regarded as having less important functions in the congregation are actually indispensable. And God put the body together. He arranged the various members of the human body, and then he divided the labor When all the parts fulfill their functions and are mutually concerned for each other, we'd actually have no division in the body. Can you imagine a church that actually saw one another as their own body? You would treat each other with a lot more respect and care. Can you imagine how, if we work together in unity, what we could accomplish? We are on a journey together. And if we work together in unity, we can go so much farther and we can accomplish so much more. I love verse 26 that says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. About 10 years ago, I slammed my toe into a heavy door and I eventually lost my toenail. And when it grew back, it was growing into my toe And so I had to have it removed again. And then the second time it grew back, uh, they said that my nerves had been damaged. And so I had to have my toenail permanently removed. (laughs) And so you would think that having a toenail is such a minor thing. And um, 
But for weeks, I endured so much pain, not only in my toe, but in my ankle, in my leg, in my hips, in my neck, and in my back. And it was because of the way I was walking to accommodate the pain. And so one day when I was sitting there with my legs up, I heard the Lord speak to me. And he said, um, he was showing me how every part of our body um, is is valuable and that when one part of the body is affected, all the parts of the body are affected at the same time. So those who play the role of a toe, um, they keep the rest of the body in balance and they hold a lot of weight and they're sometimes unseen. But we need to make sure that we encourage every part of the body and let every person know how important they are. Without each other, we can't accomplish what God's called us to become and do. He wants us to be his bride without spot or wrinkle. And so if one of us hurts, then we all should feel it. In the same way, when something good happens to one of us, we should all rejoice with each other. Unfortunately, we sometimes struggle with that as well, and we think if something good happens to someone, we sometimes think, well, that's not fair, and why doesn't that happen to me? And I deserve that, not them. Um, If someone says, you have beautiful eyes, and you're really smart, then we feel good all over. So it's if someone honors one part of our body, the whole body being rejoices, and it should be the same with the body of Christ. Um, we should be able to feel together with the person the joy that they are experiencing, and their joy should be our joy. If not, we're actually out of sync with God's plan, and we need to change our thinking and how we feel. Envy is the opposite of opposite feeling that God wants us to have when when another member of the body has cause to rejoice. So when something good happens to a brother or sister in Christ, we should rejoice with them because we're one body. I want to think I want you to think about how this all of this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and working together. So if foot said I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings. I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that be so? If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, sparkly and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it was that God carefully placed each part of the body exactly where he wanted it to be. But I also want you to think about how um, this keeps your significance from getting blown out of, up into self-importance. No matter how significant you think you are, it's only because of what you're a part of. And an enormous eye or a gigantic hand would actually not be a body, it would be a monster. And what we have is one body with many parts, and each is its proper size and in its proper place. No part is more important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you? Or the head telling foot, you're fired, your job's been phased out. As a matter of fact, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic, therefore more necessary. You can't live without, you can actually live without an eye, for instance, but you can't live without a stomach. 
And when it's part of your own body, it makes no difference whether the part is visible, clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 says, he explains God's purpose for the gifts that he has given us. And it says, they are for the perfecting of the saints to the working of serving to the building up of the body of Christ. John 13, 35 says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So people in the world will actually know the love of Jesus by our love for one another. And that makes unity in the body so much more important. Jesus' love and the, ma- the main way people will see his love is when we love one another. When we care for each other, when we encourage one another, and also when we suffer and we rejoice with one another. So we're on the same team, guys. And um, that sometimes, I don't know why, sometimes it feels like we're in competition with one another, or we may think that we can just do it alone. But the world can't know Jesus until we learn to love every other part of our body. I've heard many say that they don't need to go to church to be a Christian. However, being a Christian is being part of the body of Christ. So how can you function as a hand if you don't have an arm? And you're, you're only one part, and we can't function without our other parts. So think about how a lion hunts their prey. They try to separate one of the weakest from the rest of the pack. And if they can do that, then that one becomes vulnerable and does not have a chance against their predator. So the same goes with the body of Christ. We need to stay close together. We need to warn each other, encourage each other, and cheer each other on so that we don't fall into error or get hurt. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We're part of the same body of Christ, and we need each other. We can't accomplish things without each other. And how can the body function without a heart or a stomach or a brain? We'll lose our balance if we don't have our toe, and we can't go anywhere without our feet. Verse 27, the last verse says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So now, as you think about this last verse, remember to think about one another, how we need each other, and how we should honor each other, and that none is greater or lesser. We're all valuable, and we can do so much more together. The way God designed our bodies is a beautiful model to help us understand our lives together as a church, every part dependent on every other part. So I just want to pray for you as a body. Lord, I just thank you for St. Paul Union Church. I thank you for this body that you have put together at this time and that each of us has a special gifting that you and a special function and you've put us at the right place at the right time so that we can be a complete body and work together. So Father, help us to learn to work together Help us to learn to love each other and appreciate one another and lift each other up, to uh, rejoice with those who are rejoicing and to um, grieve with those who are grieving, to suffer and to, yeah, just uh, rejoice in those good times.
So, Father, I just thank you for this revelation, fresh revelation. I pray that it would go deep and impact our hearts and change our lives, and we would never be the same as we came. In Jesus' name, amen.